uh, the man who was actually on vacation. And uh, it's been an interesting vacation for you, Stephen A. I saw you earlier this morning just doing one hour of first take, and now you've decided to call in and tell us what you know about the latest. So again, for the folks who are just now joining us, the Rockets have reached an agreement on a trade for the Clippers CP3. Rockets send Sam Decker, Patrick Beverly, and Lou Will to the Clippers. Stephen A., uh, your reaction to this news? Um, I wish I could say I'm surprised. I'm really not. Uh, you were hopeful because you know that Chris Paul loves Los Angeles. But like Mark Stein and Ramona Shelburne, they've been all over this situation all year long. You've seen the situation in, in, in Los Angeles diminish to some degree. Chris Paul's relationship with Doc Rivers is not the greatest. I mean, they get along to some degree. But trust me, Chris Paul wasn't about being hesitant about leaving. He was looking to move on. He was hoping that it could be in Cleveland with this guy, LeBron James. But from what I'm hearing, that wasn't going to materialize because Dan Gilbert made the move, you know, to let go of David Griffin. And as a result, you didn't have a real GM working those phones and making sure things happen. And so your second uh, alternative option was Houston. And this is what's going on here. Chris Paul's willingness to go to Houston is not just about James Harden. It's also about the possibility that Carmelo will go there. Because wow. if Carmelo Anthony receives the buyout that, the, that, that he desires to get, if which Phil Jackson, by the way, was willing to give him and James Dolan was not, if Carmelo Anthony coaxes James Dolan into giving him a buyout, I'm being told that Carmelo Anthony may very well go to Houston. He and Chris Paul are very, very tight, and they wouldn't mind being in Houston with James Harden at all because they believe that kind of firepower is what it's going to take to knock off the Golden State Warriors. So this move by Chris Paul could very well be, you know, just an indication of things to come. This may not be the last move that they make. They don't have but so much to trade if you're used to now that you've given away Decker and Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly, who I'm a huge fan of, but you also could position yourself to get you don't have any cap room or anything like that. But if Mello pulls off getting waived by the New York Knicks, getting bought out of his contract, he will go to Houston in all likelihood, joining Chris Paul and James Harden. That's what I've been hearing over the last hour. All right, Stephen A., so help me break this down, because when we first heard about the possibility of CP3 going to the Rockets, we thought, well, listen, James Harden had a, a standout year, an MVP year at the point. So how do the two now coexist, in your opinion? Very simple. There isn't a point guard alive that is not going to defer to Chris Paul, the point guard. You may defer in other ways. You may not defer in other ways. But as a point guard, you will not hesitate to defer to Chris Paul. In terms of a floor orchestrator, somebody who literally runs the show, there's nobody better than Chris Paul. So whether it's LeBron, Melo, James Harden, or anybody else, nobody has a problem with stepping away from the point guard spot if they have the ability to score, that is. They have no problem stepping away from the point guard spot and handing the ball to Chris Paul because they know Chris Paul knows how to run a team, and they know that Chris Paul is going to get them the ball and take immense pressure. And if you're James Harden, especially so, because if you remember, no matter how electrifying he looked throughout this year, averaging 29-11-8, and eight, leading the league in assists, that last game of the playoffs against San Antonio was emblematic and indicative of a man who was incredibly exhausted from having to handle 
ball playmaking responsibilities as long as being the primary scorer. He looked completely spent and out of it. And I think D'Antoni recognizes that, which is why D'Antoni and Daryl Morey obviously have no problem whatsoever with Chris Paul being their new point guard. All right, so then talk me through this, because uh, you wanted to talk about Jerry West some weeks ago coming to the Clippers and what it would mean for the Clippers. They bring him there, uh, due in large part to help them get over the hump. They lose CP3. What does that say to, to us about the relationship that perhaps Chris Paul had with that organization, and what does that mean for Jerry West now, an advisor to the Clippers, brought in from Golden well, first State? Of all, well, first of all, it wasn't necessarily a bad relationship, but at the end of the day, the greatness of... Chris Paul was stained by the fact that he's never played in a conference finals, let alone an NBA finals. And listen, Chris Paul is all about winning. This man has an attitude. He is a pit bull. When he loses, he is absolutely positively miserable. And he will not hesitate to tell you why he's thinking he thinks he's losing. And so you take that into consideration. At times, he and Doc Rivers, we're not on the same page, according to what I'm hearing. We all know Doc Rivers to be a great coach and a champion. But if the Los Angeles Clippers were so pleased with Doc Rivers, Jerry West wouldn't be there. Jerry West is there because mm. Steve Ballmer obviously thinks something needs to be done to modify circumstances to such a degree. So now here you are. You keep Blake Griffin. You keep a DeAndre Jordan. You have a Patrick Beverly and a Louis Williams and a Sam Decker. So you get three bodies for one. Do you have the playmaker that is Chris Paul? No. But you do have two very quality players in Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams, one on offense, one definitely on defense. Sam Decker is no scrub. And you have those additional bodies, which adds depth to your roster, where you're not at the mercy of just your starting five, which by and large people looked at the Clippers as being. Yeah, Austin Rivers and Jamal Crawford came off the bench, but that wasn't deemed as a viable bench in terms of the Clippers organization. And because of that, they knew they needed to add bodies, and they were hell-bent on making sure that they didn't lose Chris Paul for nothing. So this serves both sides even though I'm of the belief that Chris Paul is sensational as a point guard, and that's a devastating loss for the Clippers, no matter which way you slice it. All right, let's circle back. You mentioned now that uh, one of the big reasons CP3 heads over to the Rockets is because perhaps now they have another move that's about to happen, which many believe, and you said it could be Carmelo Anthony if he gets a buyout from the Knicks. Talk to me about Phil Jackson and the Knicks uh, parting ways and perhaps Carmelo Anthony leaving the team to go play with the Rockets and his really good friend CP3. Well, Carmelo Anthony's going to have to make a decision. He's made, the, he's made an awful lot of money, over $300 million in his career. Uh, does he care about the money or does he care about winning? Now, me, knowing Carmelo Anthony the way that I do, I know he cares about both, but I also know that he cares about money more than he cares about anything else. So the first priority for him is making sure that that $54 million owed to him, he's going to get that. That's number one. If he gets that but still gets bought out, I believe, based off of what I've heard in the last hour, that he'll end up following CP3 to Houston to join James Harden. That's my personal belief. Okay, so now we get that out of the way. And if you're, and you get to Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson could not have been gone soon enough. As far as I'm concerned, his tenure as, as steward, as president of basketball operations of the New York Knicks, was an absolute atrocity. And it was more so because he didn't want to do the work than the work he actually did. Uh, Hernan Gomez as a rookie. Porzingis, uh, the way they perform, you've got a young nucleus in place uh, that can ultimately end up doing some things. 
But the real crime with Phil Jackson was the coaches that he hired and the work that he put in, flagrantly showing us all that he had very little interest in absolutely doing the job. And that may be because of his 71 years of age, uh, his questionable health, medication that may have had him falling asleep during workouts, like Jay Williams reported weeks ago, or something along those lines. But clearly something was flagrantly missing uh, with Phil Jackson in his tenure as the New York Knicks. And I'm going to tell you why I believe that is. It's because he never really wanted the job. He just couldn't turn down the money. And he knew that his primary responsibility was to provide cover for James Dolan because James Dolan, the billionaire whose franchise, meaning the New York Knicks, is worth more than $3.5 billion, was certainly more interested in making sure he had cover. So the Shrapnella criticism was aimed in somebody else's direction than that of his own. That is the situation that was going on with the New York Knicks. That's the situation that Phil, ja- Phil Jackson adopted as president of basketball operations. He clearly did not mind, and it ultimately caught up to him. It didn't tarnish his legacy as a coach, but it certainly tarnished his legacy as a basketball mind. If New Yorkers never see Phil Jackson again, we won't mind. All right, that's our Stephen A. Smith giving us the latest on what just happened. CP3 to the Rockets for three bodies. We'll get into that a little later on. Hopefully you can enjoy uh, your vacation, Stephen A. I really appreciate you for taking the time to talk to us here on SportsCenter Coast to Coast.